Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, and in this series, I will be sharing my perspective on a variety of subject matters and connecting with inspiring, passionate, benevolent people who are enhancing the world's frequency with their hearts and minds. episode, I will be speaking with Susie Stanford from the Kimberley like nowhere else to bring about awareness to the threat of the Fitzroy River in the Kimberley region of Western Australia. I'm going to read an article that was written by Susie Stanford. It's called Thinking Aloud and it was published in the Fremantle Herald and the Perth Voice. Anyone that's visited the Kimberley knows just how special it is. The red dirt, blue sea and spectacular natural scenery has a way of getting under your skin and draws you back again and again. I work as a community campaigner advocating for improved conservation and management for this part of the world. I've spent many hours over the last year listening to people's stories about why the Kimberley means so much to them. Nights spent camped under starry skies, dusty dirt roads, ancient gorges, fishing trips, and the feeling of being in a remote, pristine wilderness. It really is a place like nowhere else in the world. Yet the lifeblood of the Kimberley and WA's largest river, the Marawatu Fitzroy River, is at a crossroads. The next few months will see crucial decisions made about the fate of the Fitzroy. Decisions that will have a huge impact on the environment, critically endangered species and the communities that live along the river and rely on its health. In November 2020, the WA government released a discussion paper that outlines two options being considered to manage the Fitzroy River catchment. This includes plans to allow giant pumps to extract a massive 300 billion litres a year from the river. In comparison, this is the same amount as used by 2 million people in Perth and the southwest every year. We only have to look to the Murray-Darling River system to see what can happen when dams and massive irrigated agriculture projects are given the green light. All West Australians should be outraged that our state government is considering opening up the Fitzroy to a similar fate. Traditional owners, scientists, environmental groups and recreational fishers have all voiced their support to keep the Marawatu Fitzroy River wild and free-flowing and to avoid the unacceptable risks that pumping surface water would pose. All around the world, freshwater habitats face a multitude of threats. These systems provide the majority of people's drinking water and are essential to our survival. But despite this, many lakes, rivers and wetlands are being irreparably damaged by human activity. We cannot continue to let this happen when we know how high the stakes are. The WA government has a clear choice. Changing the Fitzroy forever by giving massive handouts of free water to wealthy irrigators or protecting the river so endangered wildlife, sustainable industries, culture and communities can continue to flourish far into the future. I've lived in Fremantle for over a decade, and I'm proud that the community has a strong history of standing up for environmental causes. Now's the time to make your voice heard.
Welcome to the podcast. Today I have a very special guest. Joining me today is Susie Stanford, a community campaigner in conservation management, and she's talking to us on behalf of the Kimberley Like Nowhere Else. Hello, Susie. Welcome. Hey, Esther. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in today, taking out the time. No problem. So could you just tell the the people who are tuning in today a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I uh, I work as a community campaigner, as you said, for the Kimberley Like Nowhere Else. So I've been doing that for a couple of years. Um, I've always been really interested in the natural world. I grew up um, in England, surrounded by a lot of countryside and just had a real passion for being out in nature. Um, and this has kind of carried on as I've traveled a lot throughout different places in the world got to see some really amazing natural scenery um and when I moved to Australia I traveled through the Kimberleys and just absolutely fell in love with it it's really kind of captured my heart and um I think anyone that's visited the Kimberleys knows how special it is it's just got something about it that really uh makes you want to keep going back um and just kind of gets under your skin so I felt very passionate about it and wanting to kind of keep it protected and pristine as it is. Could you tell us a little bit about what the Kimberley's Light Nowhere Else does? Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, the Kimberley Light Nowhere Else, we're part of an alliance. So different groups that are all working together to um, protect the amazing natural space that is the the Kimberley's. Um, So we have a partner organisation that works in Broome, Environs Kimberley, um, and there's various other organisations that are a part of us. And yeah, we all work together in various different roles just with that one main aim of keeping the Kimberley as spectacular as it is now. Okay. And so what types of projects do you have going on at the moment? Mm -hmm. So our main focus with the Kimberley has been the Fitzroy River. Um, So there are other projects that um, the Kimberley like nowhere else in the past has been involved with and still is involved with now. And that can be like the creation of marine parks, which we've had a lot of amazing success with. Um, And over the years, things change depending on the needs of what's happening and the environment that's going on up there. So the last few years, it's really been focused on the Fitzroy River. Um, And I think we'll talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, that's our that's our main focus at the moment. And so for those listening in, could you just let us know whereabouts the Fitzroy River is? Absolutely. So the Fitzroy River, it's um, it's in the Kimberley. So it stretches over 700 kilometres. Um, it's the lifeblood of the Kimberley and it starts in Kings Sound and then goes all the way out through to the East Kimberley area. So it's one of the largest, it's WA's largest river. It's one of the largest free-flowing rivers in the world. Um, so it really is, yeah, the lifeblood of the the whole area it provides a lot of nourishment um, and it can fluctuate a lot so it can go from being a um, an amazing flood some years and then other years completely dry. So why is this river under threat and what exactly is the proposal? Yeah so for many years now there's been a lot of companies that have been eyeing up the Fitzroy um, as a potential to make quite a lot of money from it in regards to irrigation Um, So this has been going on really since the 70s. 
Um, and it's had a recent renewal with a lot of uh, billionaires that have bought up land along the, the Fitzroy and they're putting in requests that, to the government for taking huge amounts of water um, straight out of the river. And at the moment, there's a lot of this would be for cattle stations um, to increase the amount of cattle that they these um, people, the companies have on their property. But the amount that is being requested is so huge that it could be, it would probably be for growing cotton as well. And there's been a lot of interest in growing cotton um, in the Kimberley. There's trials going on of a GM cotton crop in Kununurra at the moment. Um, so it, it's kind of getting closer and closer and really the companies would be looking for these water licences for that to be able to be viable. Altogether, there's about 375 billion litres which is being requested um, and just one of those requests um, it equates to more than what the whole of Perth and Southwest WA uses in water every year. So it's not a small amount of water by any means. It's quite a huge amount and it would be very significant for the people and the environment and the, the whole Kimberley region. And as you said, it, it is seasonal with the river as well, so it fluctuates mm-hmm. and so... The impact of that obviously would not be good at all. No, no, it's a very different river system to ones that we might be used to down in Perth with the Swan River. Um, it's not a consistent flow of water. It changes quite dramatically. So anyone that's been to the Fitzroy when it's in full flood, it will be amazed. It's incredibly, it's a spectacular sight because it's river system just absolutely fills up and floods through Um, but then in dry years there can be absolutely nothing and the animals uh, that live there a lot of the fish species that live there they rely on um, those pockets of water in the dry years to really sustain themselves and that's how the the cycle works with these animals is that they hang on they cling to life in the dry times in these little pools so when the the river comes through and um the floods come back again it really renourishes everything that's there and quite recently there has been the close of a petition mm-hmm. to protect the Fitzroy River which I think has been going on for quite some time now but could you tell us a little bit about the petition and and uh, the outcome of that or the, the potential outcome of of the results that you've received from sure. people yeah, so we've had um, two different kind of petitions going on in the last couple of years. So the first was our petition that we've been running um, that was really on our behalf calling for the, the state government to um, uphold their commitment that they made at the 2017 state election to uh, keep the, the Fitzroy River protected. Um, but recently we've also changed that up a little bit because um in December 2020, the government, the state government released a water paper, water allocation paper plan, um, and that outlined various different options of what would happen to the water in the Fitzroy River. Um, and the submission period closed uh, in August. So from December to August, we've been pushing really hard to um, get as many people in Perth, in WA, in Australia to know about that submission period and to make a submission to the state government through us. So now that that submission period is closed, we're not stopping down from the fight. We're going back to our old petition, which again, just calls on protection for the river. Um, We had 43,000 submissions just in that period alone for the the state government submission process, which is a huge amount, really shows how much people care about this issue. Um, But this time period now is still really crucial because uh, it's when the government will be making decisions. So we have to really keep up the pressure on them to um, make sure that they know that the, the public is behind this and keeping the river protected.
I think there was about 12,000 from WA. So um, it obviously it goes to show that although that number, you know, it's really great that that amount of people are aware of the issue in WA, it's still a Australia-wide issue. Um, and we had a lot of interstate support and we were expecting that that was um, people that had visited the Kimberley themselves. So a lot of interstate travellers, obviously not at the moment, but um, before COVID, there are a lot of people that would have come to West Australia and the Kimberley is really one of the spots that you have to visit if you come to WA. It's kind of on, on the bucket list. Um, so those people that have been there and that have visited the area, obviously really passionate about keeping it protected. Um, and I think, yeah, we need to continue the push in WA itself, um, in the uh, the metro areas to really just let people know what's happening because as you say it can be quite hard to um, keep people connected to that area um, but when people do find out you know we have quite broad support for keeping the the Matawara Fitzroy River protected um, and we've also found since COVID that a lot more people in WA have instead of going abroad for their holidays they've you know gone to the Kimberley they've gone to Broome and they've been able to explore a bit more of their own state and that really makes a difference in people's connection to wanting to keep it pristine and, and protected because when they go there and they they really feel it and experience it for themselves they can come back to Perth and they see us at a stool and they're a lot more impassioned about it mm. and um, yeah a lot of our work that we do with community outreach it relies on people like yourself volunteers um, they'll come to a market stall we do events and we kind of go around to different uh, suburbs in Perth um, and just let people know what's happening because it is a really important thing to to share because as you say sometimes it doesn't get picked up in mainstream news as much as it should do. No, no. Um, and it's and it's also very good to just be able to connect with people mm-hmm. as well and, and talk about issues that we have within our own country and state. Exactly. Highly recommend if anyone wants to volunteer. The Kimberley's like nowhere else is the perfect organisation to do that. Yes. Come and volunteer with us. <laughs> Hang out with us. Yeah. Uh, so just going back on to the Kimberleys in terms of the river, the existing and potential threats. So you did talk a little bit about the endangered species with the sawfish. There's other things as well that's happening, like the fracking, uh, the potential pipeline and mm-hmm. how that could affect, as well as just agriculture in general and the mining industry. So are you able just to give the people a little bit of understanding of how that can impact the river? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of different issues that are affecting the Kimberley at the moment, as you've mentioned, fracking, um, you know, our agriculture in itself can be pretty destructive. Um, and there's this multitude of threats that for us as an organisation, we're trying to just stick to irrigation, but that's where some of our partner organisations will be more vocal. So they might work on fracking and um and and other issues like that but for us our focus has mainly been on the irrigation side of things um but with that that comes there's there's different issues with the irrigation itself so um increasing agriculture there'd be potentially land clearing for that and then there's uh, pesticide runoffs that could go into the river um from livestock and also uh, fertilizers and um especially growing cotton and there'd be that kind of pollutants that would be going back into the river so uh, that's our main concern but the the environment up there it's very um, you know there's endangered species there's critically endangered sawfish, freshwater sawfish um, there's two species of fish that are found nowhere else in the world and so it is a really important place for these animals um, 
the freshwater sawfish, it's the last stronghold in the world, the Fitzroy River. So they go there to breed um, and then they come back out of the river um, and go off into the ocean and kind of get really big. They can grow up to seven metres when they come out into the ocean. So it's pretty rare (laughs) to find them that big nowadays. Um, But, yeah, they really, they rely on those pockets of water during the dry season that are there to survive. And so when you start pumping water out of the river, um, that really threatens their survival. And actually, we've uh, in 2018, there was a mass death of sawfish when just a small a fraction of the amount that's been proposed in terms of water take was pumped out of the river. There was, I think, 46 um, sawfish deaths just in one part of the river. So wow. it really goes to show how... Um, you know they they're very vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, and they've the population worldwide has dropped about seventy percent in the last thirty years. So it's really important that we keep this as an area that's protected and allows them to to thrive. What will be the next point of action? Say the proposal goes ahead. What will be the next steps for the Kimberleys like nowhere else? Mm-hmm. So obviously we're hoping that we won't have that outcome. I think when um, the state government consults with um, traditional owners and their voices are heard on this, when they look at the submissions that have been made to the water paper um, and when they hear a variety of different voices that are calling for no water take from the Fitzroy River, then they'll make the, the right decision on that. Um, if they did decide to go for huge water take, then obviously we'd have to act Um, accordingly if that did happen we wouldn't stop fighting to keep the river protected it's something that we're not going to just kind of lie down and let go of Um, so yeah we'd just rally around and get more support from the people in WA from the people in Australia um, and keep pushing to make sure that we don't have the Murray Darling disaster that the east coast has seen and that's a really important thing to note because we've got examples of river systems where massive irrigation has taken place and we can see what effects it has on a river system we can see the damage that gets done so we have a prime example of why we shouldn't go ahead with this Um, and yeah it would be really important for us to just keep spreading the word in in WA um, and make sure that everybody kind of hears about it and knows about it and and has their say to the state government. And that's a another the thing that I wanted to to talk about as well is is the Murray Darling River. What what exactly has happened to that river? Yeah, so the Murray Darling um, is one of the biggest river systems in Australia. Um, it co- crosses three different states, um, and just over a period of time, quite a few years, the the water system has just been really poorly managed. Um, there's been water take from various different companies. Um, for, again, massive large-scale irrigation projects. Um, and cotton has been a big one um, that's been grown on the Murray-Darling. Um, so the same companies that have been growing cotton on the Murray-Darling have now brought up land on the Fitzroy River um, and are pushing for these water licences. And, yeah, it's the, the Murray-Darling, as it is now, it's uh, it's been an absolute disaster. There was over a million fish dying in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, it's There's communities that live along there. They rely on uh, the food from the river. They rely on the water. Um, and they're now having to buy in bottled water because the river has been so polluted um, that they can't even bathe. They can't 
cook with the water that's there. The communities out there are just non-stop trying to have these large corporations mm -hmm. <laughs> from taking away, you know, this precious water system that they have. Mm -hmm. And the only people that aren't trying to profit from it are the people that actually live there and trying to, trying to use it just to, to live and mm -hmm. that. So... I think the people out there in the communities are doing a remarkable job trying to protect it and um, I think they need support now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely and, and not just in terms of um, you know the environmental side but even in terms of the economics like a lot of these projects they don't provide the jobs that they promise that they will do um, and so we need to have a real viable alternative um, for meaningful jobs that actually you know protect the environment at the same time and there's a lot of different options to do that in the Kimberley um, there's sustainable tourism um, there's other um, like bush tucker projects and things like that and uh, a lot of different ways that people up there can have um, jobs but they don't impact largely on the environment as well. Yep, absolutely. How can West Australians help? Yeah, so if you go to our website, so it's www.thekimberleylikenowhereelse.org.au, um, then you will be able to find um, the petition link. So go on there and sign up to our um, petition. And, uh, yeah, basically we, we, we're continuing the fight. We need as many um, petitions as we can get, um, and it's – the submission period to the government's water discussion paper has now closed, but that doesn't mean that this isn't an important time. It's actually probably even more important than it has been in the past because, yeah, this is where the decisions get made. So it's really important that everyone in Australia and the world, um, you know, it's a, a heritage-listed site, so it has real world significance, um, should get involved in this issue. Another way people can be made aware and support the cause is by a documentary called The Serpent's Tale. The yeah. Serpent's Tale. Uh, and that premiere, I saw that premiere back in August and it was amazing. And then all the elders came out on stage mm -hmm. and answered a whole bunch of questions and I just found them very inspiring. Yeah, could you tell the people a little bit more about the documentary? Yeah, absolutely. So The, the Serpent's Tale... Um, is a really amazing short documentary. Um, so it tells the creation story of the river um, based on from an Indigenous perspective. Um, so it's really beautiful in that uh, documentary. You can hear a lot of voices of elders that live along the river um, and they're telling these stories that have been passed down for thousands of years about how the river was formed, um, the importance of the river to them, um, certain you know cultural traditions that um, at certain parts of the river are special for certain things. Um, and, yeah, this the, these stories get passed along different um, groups that live along the river. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you learnt something from the segment. I also thought that we as humans have an obligation, a responsibility that's been sequestered by some and exhibited by others. It is a duty that we all share, just like the impulsive instinct that we have when nurturing and protecting the home we reside in and those that live within it. We are the guardians of the land, and no matter where we are in the world, we have the right to preserve nature for the next generations to come. 
cause and effect is fundamental to the laws of nature and we are all connected. Remembering who we are and where we come from is imperative to understanding our true nature as humans, especially during this time of the new world order and technocratic influence. Our connection to Mother Earth is reality. Why would we allow the destruction of a heritage-listed site? Will we allow billionaires to take our resources until the land is stark and barren? Why hasn't this issue been addressed in the mainstream media, especially here in WA, Perth? I think we can all come together from all around the world and help each other. So let's protect the Marawatu Fitzroy River. Open your minds, open your hearts, live your life and be free. This is Esther Claire signing out. Thanks for tuning in.